Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello, and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski-Schneider. Today, I'm joined by Christopher Snyders, a passionate professional dedicated to transforming lives. So he has lots going on, but I'll leave, him, leave it to him to tell you more. So thank you, thank you for joining us, Christopher. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much. And almost say the same last name as me, yes. Snyders, Schneider. <laughs> so yeah, close enough. <laughs> close enough, probably Germany, Holland, somewhere in the, in the old days back. So. Who am I? It's a beautiful question because it is from, am I my work? Am I my personal life? Am I my hobbies? Am I, say, my my passion? I always say, now, probably I'm the most my passion. So I'm a passionate person about actually life and bring actually happiness, joy, wellness to the world. And also success and achievements. Eh? My slogan in my company and it's always passion and performance. Eh? Follow your heart, but don't leave. The, 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 don't get your eye of the box or the achievement. No, that's so perfect. Yeah, it, it's both, and I think that's who I am and what I like to achieve with people and everybody. Nice. So, and what I do, of course, now, but you all know, coaching, etc., etc., etc. The thirst for life, and I would say we live now with eight billion people in this world. I saw recently we, we ticked that mark. Uh, Less than one billion is somewhere uh, having a good life and can have every day uh, three times a meal. And it would be amazing if somewhere I could be a little drop in the ocean to help that the other seven billion also somewhere have a life they can be right. uh, a little bit better with. Right. Oh, good job. Now, I guess let's just start with this. Can you explain the concept of the Mars slash Venus fallacy and how it affects individuals in their pursuit of success? Oh, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to sit straight, right away straight up for that. <laughs> Talk about equality. Yeah? You're female, I'm a male. We see everywhere equality and gender bias and the whole now, beep. <laughs> There's an amazing book written 30, 40 years ago, yeah? Men Venus, uh, Men from Mars. And although the concept was great, it right away helped us to divide even more. Of course, men and female are different. We like to go into your cage. You women like to talk. Yeah. <laughs> we men had an excuse actually not to talk to you anymore. And your females had something like a reason why we somewhere would go into our cage and you could go out with your girls. And it did not help us at all. And if you look at it biologically, uh, bi biology, it's totally not true. Yeah. What I came aware of the last seven years, we have three brains, one on our head, one on our heart, one on our gut, scientifically proven. We'll not go there now in this moment, but Google it, scientifically proven. And we all have them. You have them, Patricia. I have them. The person in the Sahel has them. The person in Indonesia has it. The person in the Eskimo has it. Even Trump and Biden has it. <laughs> they have them both. It doesn't mean we all use them. And that's where it's happening. We as male and female are actually in a lot of societies socialized now, you're wearing pink, I'm wearing blue. We could not be more now typical. Yes. <laughs> in that part, to, almost in our gender bias. Eh? Females have to be sweet, 
caring, understanding, supporting, etc., etc., etc. It's female traits, we call them even. Right. I mean, male traits, this strong, decisive, burping, farting, <laughs> being strong and hunting out there. And being the CEO, being the boss. And actually, that's totally beep. Yeah. Because when you look at it from biology reasons, your gut brain is actually everything that describes those male traits. Your heart brain is actually what everything describes the female traits. So actually what we all have been doing is male training and socializing their gut. And for females, we socialize their heart. And of course, if you do that really amazingly, and also in society helps us a little bit in that part, and you look then, when we are adults like now, and you look at our behaviors, you would say, oh, yes, if you look at Patricia, she really acts female. Probably that's because she's a female. Hey, Chris really acts like a, like a male. Must be, must be male traits. But that's not true. We are socialized like that. When we both were still a little beautiful baby, as we were, then probably you could not see, unless we had maybe something pinky blues on, if I was a boy or a girl, or you a boy or a girl, based on our traits, based on how we would behave. Yeah, maybe if you look at the looks and the length of the hair. If, if kids are six months old, based on their behavior, you don't see the difference. Right. Even in one year old, not. Only in the moment, mommy and daddy put, put them on their pinky shirts, putting holes in their ears for a girl and for boys, they, 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 they buy the first, uh, the first car or a little whatever things, we start educating in them. Right. So that's the whole fallacy, actually, what it, why it is a big hoax and not true. And as long as we believe that you're from Venus and I'm from Mars, we keep it alive. The moment we say, hey, actually, you trained your heart brain so much that you are who you are. Hey, you trained your gut brain so hard as you are as you are. How would it be if you train your three brains? And on that moment, we could still do our own strengths, but there would not be a massive difference anymore. That's the whole concept behind it in, say, a three-minute synopsis. Well, interesting, though, because it is true. I mean, we are, we're, what is it, the product of our circumstances. It's how we were brought up. You know, some people, and, and you carry that through your entire life because it's all you know. You know, as you're a baby, you learn to walk, you learn to talk, you learn to do everything. You learn everything your parents teach you. And that goes on and on and on. <laughs> it, it is. And they say that the beauty of, of that is when you when you think about it, that we don't have to educate everybody the same and make us all non-binary. That's not right. what I'm advocating for. It's right. much better to train your three brains that so you can connect with them. Right. Because like, we have biologically, of course, difference between men and female. Eh? The, gen the, the reproductive system is different. Hence, we make a little bit more Testosterone, you make a little bit more oestrogen. But we make them both. Eh? We make both, uh, both hormones. So it's not that, hey, I don't make them as a male. Hey, you don't make them as a female. We make them both. So there will be a difference. Mm -hmm. Females will still be, uh, become mama, and we are still the, 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 the donor of, say, the little one. Right. That will be there. But the behaviors on top of that don't have to be so massive differently. Yeah. They could be a little bit different, but it doesn't have to be so much. And you see that same thing at sports. And when you look at Venus Williams in tennis or now the, 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 the ladies of soccer in the States now, okay, they went a little bit less than the last 10 years. Right, yeah. <laughs> but you see a beautiful, in my words, gut brain behavior. And that's the winning attitude. The gut brain likes to win. Yeah. And the gut brain does everything to win. Now, if you saw your ladies playing soccer, they did everything to win. Right. And they didn't win, of course, it can happen. 
but that's really gut brain behavior. And there were females. If they would do only female traits, they would say they would kick the ball, say, Oh, I hurt my toe. What yeah. happened here? Broken nail. Yeah. <laughs> Broken nail. Oh, Chris, where's the nail polish? Right. No, I just hit somebody, gave somebody an elbow, and it all happens. Yeah. So that because they were allowed, or I allowed, the use also the gut brain. Very nice. Now, how can individuals break through their own biases regarding feminine and masculine traits to embrace their authentic selves? Now, I would say it is easier, not easier in the same moment. Eh? When I sometimes I'm in a workshop and I have, say, 100 people there, and this is one of my standard jokes, I ask all the females, hey, dear females, uh, please raise your hand if you like to have masculine traits, if you like to have more masculine traits. Now, you can <laughs> imagine that almost everybody sits there and looks at me from... Okay, this will be a long talk we're going to have. <laughs> then I asked you guys, hey guys, raise your hand if you'd like to have more female traits. Maybe one guy wants to raise his hand, then he sees his mates and they come, put him down again. Yeah. <laughs> but the moment I, I asked them, hey ladies, who likes to have a little bit more gut brain traits? That means a little bit more decisiveness, a little bit more winning, a little bit more put your foot down, saying no, setting your own boundaries. Almost all the women raise their hand. Some of their husbands look on, oh, shit. <laughs> but they all raise their hand. They all say to the guys, hey, guys, the question, raise your hand if you like to say a little more heartburn traits. That means a little bit more caring, a little bit, a little bit better listening, a bit more teamwork, uh, a little bit more, say, mm, taking the whole community there. And I say, yeah, like that. And even then the mates, yeah, yeah, my, my wife would like that also if I do this. And you see all the hands rising. Now, why this little metaphor or this talk? The moment we change the wording of feminine and masculine traits from, hey, you know, I'm going to train my heart brain, my gut brain, it almost drops out right away. Because if I ask, say, the average gut brain person, strong, decisive, I'm the boss or I'm the, I'm the lady boss, whatever they like to call themselves, and say, could you explain me something, dear leader? Yeah. Okay. Say you had two muscles, a bicep and a tricep. Would it make sense to train only one? Uh, no. This is a stupid question, Chris. I know. So say you had three brains. Then would it make sense to only train one or two? Uh, and I said, be aware of your stupid answer then. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I actually I should train all three of them. Yes. And then why do come here? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm digging my own grave. Yeah. <laughs> this will be a hard process. <laughs> and why do they say yes? And so it's easy to do by changing it. People are willing to do so, but... The moment you come away, hey, I have three wisdom centers in my body. Right. Actually, in my life, I only use one or two. Now, and then you say, hey, but you like to be successful, isn't it? So how can you be now optimal successful if you only use one or two of your, of your wisdom centers? It's like being in your car and only two, and only two of your uh, engines work instead of all four of them. Would it make sense? No, no, no. And they're willing to change. And so it's actually relabeling as it a natural process. And then for most people, it becomes easier. As I said, it becomes easier because there's still the surroundings that say, what are, you, what are you doing there? But for most people, it becomes, it becomes much easier. Even those hard, tough, gut brain dominant people who first say, ooh, boo, have something like, uh, tell me more, Chris, because maybe uh, my partner or maybe some team members would like that I do this. I did not still not talking about themselves because vulnerabilities for a gut yeah. brain person really hard. <laughs> but the moment we start working, 
and they come back, you know, my partner or my team actually really appreciates what I'm doing, Chris. And then they're almost swapped over. Sometimes they ask me during the process, Chris, I don't become a softie yeah, after this. Right. I said, no, no, no. You'll be an extreme toughy, but maybe just a little bit more softer uh, um, um, uh, inside. Yeah. Oh, that's not so bad. Said, no, because, you know, you can choose whatever you want. Just like a toolbox. You don't, if you have a hammer and a, and a screwdriver, you don't, you're not are the screwdriver. You have the both. You can use. Right. So, that's the whole thing, how you can play with it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much how we were raised. It's kind of like, you know, women are supposed to be in the kitchen and cooking and blah, blah, blah. Well, to be honest, I suck at cooking. My, you know, <laughs> but, you know, if you have a man who's like phenomenal, it's almost like, well, he's weird. He, why is he weird? It's just how we were, we were brought up and raised. Like women stay home, women make babies, women cook, women clean, men go out to work. That's not the world we live in anymore. And people, you know, it's a shame because we were just programmed that way. And that's how people think and feel. And it's, they have to break out of that because that's, and that might not even make them happy. Maybe you look at how many chefs are out there. That's their passion, you know, but you, but if they were brought up thinking men have to go out there and play football and do this and don't you dare step foot in the kitchen. Why not? I mean, it doesn't make you less of a man because you could cook. I mean, you know. You're so right. We, we have a lot of jobs there somewhere. In the old days, if you would do female soccer, and then you would, you were not a female, probably you would be gay. <laughs> yeah. the, the, and maybe some are, but... Yeah, yeah. that's how they were raised. Yeah. It is a female soccer, and they're a little bit more open about it. In male soccer, right. we, still, we still don't dare to open out. Right. Um, it, there's only a small percentage, like in the rest of the world. But the moment they were allowed to do it and became acceptable, you see... Massive amount of females doing it. Mm-hmm. And actually, we, we men and everybody likes it. Except want to break the oh, ice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's the same as, the, uh, as tennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the moment we take off, say, that bias we have on you should be this, mm-hmm. uh, but having said that, and that's why change is so hard, but I made this a joke. Right. Our gut brain is the most primitive part in us, already 500 million years old. Every living creature on this world, what do we have in common? I ask you, what do we have in common with effing, uh, with all the living creatures on this world? Eh? What do we have in common? A digestive system. Yeah. Every living creature has a digest- digestive system, even a one-cell organism. What we don't have in common is a heart or a head. And so from the day life came to this earth, digestive system had to survive. And it's extremely primitive. I eat or I get eaten. I win or I lose. Now, that is the same if you listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. I win or I lose. You have winners and losers. Now, what is now the downside of that amazing system? It's an amazing system. Eh? What's the downside of it? It does not dare to be vulnerable. Because if I say, you know, I don't know, Patricia. I don't know how to do that. Then actually... I put my success in your hands. Mm-hmm. And for a gut brain dominant person, that's the most scariest thing they can do. That's, that's even scarier than what you did uh, skydiving. <laughs> you are the 10 skydives, the one time I say, I'm sorry or I don't know. Because that would make them boom, that would make them less. Boom. Right. So in change, where we educated so much gut brain people, say so go to the average university. You have to be summa cum laude, you have to be number one. Right. You have to get that great, otherwise you don't succeed. That is a really a winner's mentality. So for those people, it's extremely hard 
to swap to the other side because they never heard of it. They're educated. If you say, I'm sorry, or I don't know, you're a loser. Mm. Mm. Before you know, Patricia is going to yeah, rule the world. <laughs> yeah, do you like it? <laughs> so change worldwide scene or in companies will be harder because we have slowly to educate and help those gut brain dominant people mm-hmm. that is allowed to open your heart. And that saying sorry is a normal word. And saying, I don't know, it's a normal word. And that you don't have to be the best. Right. And the moment it happens, and then just the life becomes better. Yeah. Yeah, it takes that big burden off. Yeah, that- absolutely. Yeah. So now can you elaborate on a three brain science and how it can empower people to understand themselves better? But then they say, if you look at the sciences and the scientifically proven, it's not that I. So um, in the 90s, 80s, 90s, two books or two research documents were written. One is the second brain, Michael Gersman, neurobiologist, after 30 years of research in the enteric part, everything underneath your uh, diaphragm up to your where the poop is coming out. <laughs> that sounds like, you know, we have a brain there, 500 million brain cells, and we now know it somewhere. So besides that, your gut is. The most important thing for immune system, and it makes sense because that was what how we once were, digestive system. So we have to put immune system in there, otherwise we don't survive. Mm-hmm. It's a system that can remember and can take, can take action. Yeah? And we spoke about skydiving and that I had a fear of heights or have. And so where do you feel fear? There. Because that part then says, oh, oh Chris, jumping out of a plane or, or jumping off this, this mountain with just <laughs> something like a triangle piece of plastic <laughs> of you. While the mountain is two, two kilometers high, are you really sure you like to die like this? <laughs> the brain says, we're not made to fly. If we were made to fly, you had wings. Right. <laughs> and you feel it in your gut system. Because that one says, no, don't do it. The same say in your heart. That was uh, Andrew Moore, a neurocardiologist, came aware of, say, a little brain on the heart. He called it the little brain. And it makes sense. Because your little brain on your heart and where do you feel when you are heartbroken? Hey, your heart. Where do you feel love? Where do you feel sadness? Where do you feel guilt? All there was all about connection and bonding. And your heart also, although some scientists still like to disagree, although it's scientifically proven, it also releases oxytocin. And oxytocin is the hormone, or neurotransmitter, that gives love. But also released by amygdala, but those are the only two spots. Your gut does not have oxytocin. The gut does not, uh, does not know love. It knows fight, flight, sex. Right. It does not know the difference. And so that's your heart scientifically proof. Now, your head, we all know there's so much neuroscience, just Google it and there's so much. It's an amazing thing. And I heard today an other person talking about neuroscience and I almost had to... <clears throat> really shut myself up because he was saying so much um, scientifically not true things that why do you have a memory? We don't have a good memory. Memory is just obsolete for people. And I think, no, no, no. Why would we spend 20% of our daily energy on our brain in between our ears? Mm-hmm. Why do we have such a memory that we still know what happened 20 years ago? It only helps you to do a cause and effect analysis. If this happened yesterday, then maybe it happens tomorrow. So maybe I should change my strategy to do it smarter. Your head is one big prediction machine. And how can I get, if you like to see a perfectionist, then ask what's happening in your head? I'm trying to find the best solution because I like to predict what is actually giving me the best success. Ah, but that's your head doing. So it's scientifically proven three different kind of object, three, three different kind of 
responsibilities. Mm-hmm. The same objective, eh, keeping us alive, keeping us uh, becoming 100 years old or 80 years old, whatever life we like to have. But with the different strategies, your gut brain likes to have power control and a shitload of money and a shitload of ego. Your heart brain just likes to have friends and bonding and a social community around you to protect. Your head brain just likes to have all the knowledge so it can make the best prediction. How can it empower people to come aware, hey, I have three wisdom centers who like to do the best, but almost like if we would ask three different friends and advice, three different answers. So... To create, they have to actually come aware what do all three of them say, come aware that maybe they have three different, different ideas, mm-hmm. and then come aware, hey, how can I make from the three ideas one combined idea that all three say yes? Mm-hmm. Because do you know one thing? Do you know what's the worst thing that happens if you just follow one brain and you don't have success? Mm-hmm. Then you say after, oh shit, excuse my French, I should have listened uh, to my heart. Right. I should have followed my heart. Oh shit, I should have followed my gut feeling. Oh shit, I should have thought this through. Right. If you use all three of your brains, it doesn't mean you have always success, eh? but you will never have regret. Right. Your regret is right away out of the window because you know you did all the best you could do. Mm-hmm. And it gives a huge difference. Dan. Interesting. No, interesting because it is true. I've been in situations too where it's kind of like, oh, I should have just listened to my gut, you know, because it was something didn't feel right and you just go go for it and it's like, ah, oh, you know, should have just listened, you know. But it's, I guess that's a tricky thing how to sync them all together so that you, you're listening to the right thing, you know. Yeah. So now as a passionate professional dedicated to transforming lives, what led you to focus on human behavior and change your whole career? Um, you have said that the beautiful thing is my passion and that's a beautiful uh, popular answer it is by the way secondly I came aware and I have a talent for it so it helps but thirdly say things in my life also happened and I say no I like to do that I I had a burnout I was bullied at school Uh, I I had somewhere one moment depression after divorce and all those things made me let so if I have it how do I overcome it what is happening there Right. And it made me learn, from, okay, if it happens to me, what can I do then better? And I came where in my life, because I started as a uh, software engineer. And I came where, okay, I'm good in it, but I don't like to sit the whole day behind the computer talking to my computer. Right. It <laughs> At least not in the old days. So I saw a chain say, becoming sales marketing, let a little team of five people, and actually I came aware, but just listening to the people and talking to them and just giving them sometimes a cuddle, sometimes a kick them in the ass, mm-hmm. they started to do amazing. And I thought, actually, I like it to help people. Mm-hmm. And that really made me, after I got sacked, because my uh, director was not uh, really in favor of my approach, he said, no, you have to kick them harder, be stronger, <laughs> old school leader. And I said, no, 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 you see how they perform, they're amazing. Yeah, but you, I sit in some meetings, you don't talk only about figures and sales. I said, no, I talk about how people are doing. Yes, but it doesn't help. I said, now look at the results, it helps. Yeah, I don't like your approach. Now, having a discussion with the <laughs> owner of the company, I learned you can win it, but you still lose your job. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to work with people that aren't like on the same uh, path yeah, as yeah. you, you know. Basically. So then I, after my, my, I got sacked, I said, okay, no, now I'm going to do what I like to do. I joined a training company. I joined a training company 30 years ago. I would say best decision ever. Yes. And then I really came into it. And then I came aware, actually, I like it. And wow, 
I hear from people, I'm good at this. That's also <laughs> nice to hear, by the way. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, so in, after, uh, in that period, after not, almost 10 years, I got a burnout. I thought, I'm working 10 years in this field as behavior trainer, coach, leader. I got a burnout. So probably I only know one little part of how life is working. Okay, so that sparked me to learn more. I also became a therapist, uh, got a divorce when I emigrated to Australia. That really broke me down again. I thought, okay, I thought I learned again a lot of extra things. I still am now still back on my knees. So probably I'm still missing some really essential stuff. Yeah, at least <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> and it helped me to learn, learn more. And as a therapist, I work with people who have sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, uh, weight loss, um, alcoholism, and those kind of stuff. And then you start really diving in. What keeps people now hooked to the old behavior? Why do they stick in that coping mechanism? Why can I not just, like I did, or why can I, can I not just forget my painful past? What's that? Right. And then I came aware, your head can accept it. I know why uh, I got a divorce. So what's the issue? Because my heart actually was still feeling broken. So as long as I didn't fix my heart, my head could say, yeah, so then I learned actually the head heart gut in all my research. Right. And that's somewhere I led me to that. So it's not only the happy story. Oh, I followed my passion. And by the way, I saw the light. Now it's also say in the personal experience, what led me from, hey, it's there. And absolutely also seeing people who are, say, uh, sexually abused. And after 30 years, I still remember one lady. She was sexually abused by an uncle, Italian families, when she was 12. Then she started to gain weight when she was 14. That stopped the abuse. I saw her when she was 64 and still had a weight issue. And that is 32 years later. 32 years, she was already carrying 30 kilos, 40 kilos more to protect her for her uncle 30 years before. And that really, I still remember it because somewhere it broke my heart. I thought, from, this is so freaking effing fair. One day should chop off his, uh, his delegates. <laughs> right? yeah. That was my first reaction. Okay, but okay, that's it helps from <laughs> this moment. Right. Get rid of that thought, Chris. And I thought, how can I help this lady? I still remember I said to her, you know, I'm going to do everything in my power to give you back happiness. Because you really you don't deserve 32 years of prison based on what happened there. Right. And I helped her extremely well, by the way, I have to say, because using all this stuff, it's like Oh, wow, it really, really, oh, wow, it really works. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started developing it more. But really, also, that lady really sparked me, from, you know, this is so freaking unfair. This should end. I, I should find somewhere tools with all my knowledge to help her. That's awesome, though. Yeah, so, no, it is true, though, because you don't realize that um, you might just bury it in your head but it's still in there and it still yeah. affects everything you do. And, you know, like I see that even with people I know, you know, it boils back down to how they were raised, how they were brought up. And those things still are in, like, they don't have no clue about it. But when you start looking at the big picture, it's like they're still carrying how they were raised with whatever happened to them when they were five. And, yeah. you know, people always say, well, it's too late now, but you can show, no, it's not. It's never too late. It's never too late. And I say, uh, Bessel Kolk wrote a book about it. The, the, the body keeps the score. Peter Wien wrote some books about it, about, say, about somatic uh, experiences. He actually inspired Bessel Kolk to write his book. Uh, because the body does remember, based on the heart and the gut have a brain, right. they remember that 
because the gut brain, if you think about the gut brain, what's the, what's the tools of the gut brain? What does, what does our gut do in our digestive system? Eat. Okay. So in protection, the things you need more energy. You need to be stronger. Hey, food makes you more stronger, gives you more energy. Hey, by the way, if you now, if I give you a lot of food, then maybe you feel much more protected. You feel less attractive. And because also attractiveness uh, is somewhere in the gut brain uh, uh, stored. And what do we find attractive? So if we become less attractive, hey, then maybe I survive myself. So the moment you can educate that in this case, that lady or her gut brain that's not needed anymore, then poof. And she lost those 30, 40 kilos within half a year, right? Without actually dieting. Wow. One, <laughs> it dropped off because she threw away the weight of the, of the abuse. And secondly... Right. Because she felt safe again. And it was freaking amazing. I said, yeah, the conditioning is there. It keeps, it, it keeps stored there. Right. And yes, and, you, and we don't know it. Because do you know why you have a fear of heights? Actually, actually a fear of falling, I always say. Yeah. Because when I was one and a half years old, I climbed out of my little bed to see my sister uh, in the living room. My climbing went good. Um, the last part not. I came out of my bed and then went head down to the floor. I broke my phone. <laughs> Wow. Although I don't remember it, I always have something like a vision that I fall down. Wow. I never knew that until I did some therapies and all this kind of stuff and came aware, where's this intrusive view coming from? Then wow. I actually came aware, I once broke my collarbone, but I don't know even if it's my right or left and how it happened. So I asked my parents, actually, what happened? Wow. And they explained to me, I thought, because I always saw my sister in the living room in front of the stove and my dad was... Uh, after shower, was rubbing her off in, stomp, uh, in front of the, the heater. That's the image I have, but I didn't know the rest. The moment you know that, so my body remembered, right. this one even didn't know how to put any, to make any sense of it. Yeah, you know, it's funny because it is all buried in there. Because I told you, you know, at the skydive accident, I have no memory of any of it. I was knocked unconscious. I don't remember any of it. But my helmet was knocked off. So picture falling, you know, you're falling at 175 miles an hour all the wind. I know none of this because I was not conscious, but I'm driving and I had the window open one day and the wind, it freaked me out. Like I suddenly was like, I closed up the window. So I have no memory of anything, but my head remembers. Your body knows. Yeah. Because you have a sensory system right. and your sensory system in your body says, okay, speedy wind. Oh shit. She's going down again at 75 miles yeah. an hour. Oh, yeah. this will be, be painful. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But that's actually but you share a beautiful example, eh? How your body remembers how your heart and gut, in yeah. this case your gut knows. Right. Uh, I, I always say Michael Gershon says from your gut is not is not Shakespeare. It's always says, oh shit. He <laughs> <laughs> <It> knows, yeah. <laughs> Now tell us, your experience includes hypnosis, NLP, coaching, and psychotherapy. So how do these different modalities complement each other in your approach? Uh, now, one, uh, say, I blend them to a beautiful mix, almost like a uh, different kind of herbs you put when you're cooking, when mm -hmm. I spoke about cooking. Right. Uh, if you think about hypnosis or hypnotherapy, like, like hypnosis by itself is just bringing uh, the head in a different kind of brainwave situation that you're actually more in an in a state to learning. Eh? Right. Uh, first seven years of our life, actually our brain activity 
is mm-hmm. the same as you're in a hypnotic state. So everything you learned in your first seven years right. is done in a hypnotic state. When you bring your head in a hypnotic state, let's talk like that, mm-hmm. it is almost like you're uh, sleeping and you can have nightmares or dreams and you cannot move. So, mm-hmm. But everything is vivid and live. So in a hypnotic state, you actually, I could say you turn off it to make it popular set. You turn off your critical part of your mind that says, yeah, that cannot be happening. And we come back in a state that you believe that you can fly. You believe in comics. You believe that Barbie's actually true and all kind of stuff. Right. And that, 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 that Batman really is, uh, is a super <laughs> one. And that, and that actually Superman was flying around the moon, by the way. <laughs> in that state you are. And the beauty is you can learn about that's the hypnosis part. And the NLP part is actually is coming from hypnosis. Because NLP is based on hypnosis, uh, family therapy, and on gestalt therapy. is actually an if you look at it in from one way, it's a beautiful toolbox of techniques and ways and extremely efficient based on those three modalities to work with people. So I blend them in. So a lot of things in hypnosis, you can use the NLP tools to make rapid change, if you would call it. Psychotherapy is helpful if you do the analysis, if you have your talks and those kind of stuff. And the coaching part is when you like to to go to the business world also. Hypnosis, NLP, you could say are more used in the therapy world. Well, you go to the coaching world to use more a little bit more psychotherapy and sometimes a little bit of NLP. Because actually also what kind of market do you blend in? Blend in? Right. Said that in my work, if somebody hires me as a therapist or as a coach, uh, they hire me and actually they hire me for a solution. And I never heard somebody say, hey, Chris, um, I, I know you do, also, can you only do coaching to me? They just say, Chris, uh, this is my topic, this is my issue. I like that. We have multiple sessions. Uh, solve it. Solve me. Right. Make it happen. So then we just blend in everything. And just like a uh, handyman says, you know, this needs a hammer, this needs a screwdriver, this needs some glue. Right. Those modalities based on the topic of the client. Makes sense. Actually, based on the system that we have three brains, and your three brains actually based on what I said in the beginning, those three responsibilities they have connect to an issue. Mm-hmm. Because what's the beauty, um, most times when you talk about an issue, and let's talk, let's use this, the brain that is not talking or the brain that uh, is part of the issue. Okay. Because it does not contribute this wisdom to the solution. Right. So I blend those in. So the analysis a lot of times, hey, which, in my words, which brain is talking or which brain is silent? Right. And the other things are actually tools to help a client go on. Okay. Now tell me, your book shed light on the workings of our three brains in personal and professional relationships. So can you share some practical tips for some practical tips for fostering greater understanding and harmony in relationships? Uh, in relationships, uh, I would say it's, it is easy and hard on the same moment. Besides the love component and the uh, uh, mutual attraction, or I think that's more say you could almost say spiritual or really a little bit less scientifically brainwave uh, there. Right. Okay. If you think about relationships, uh, there are two beautiful things. One opposite attracts, as we all know. Right. And that makes sense because opposite attracts actually it has a reasoning because then you actually have all the three brains in a relationship. If you are more hard brain and you're attracted mm-hmm. to gut brain, hey, I've got both. Yeah. So it makes sense. There's only one pity because they have different responsibilities. There's no equality in a relationship. The gut brain says, hey, it's about me. And the heart brain says, oh, it's about you. 
the gut brain is totally happy because two are for me. The heart brain, <laughs> the heart brain person says, hey, by, by the way, when is for me? No, no, we, did, we, did, we agreed to the gut brain. It was about me and you would also be about me. So, <laughs> so in relationships, it, it is extremely important to come where, hey, what is my dominance in my normal brain preference? Yeah? But from which brain am I operating the best? What is that for my partner? And if it's the opposite of the same, it doesn't matter. But if it's there, they base that. How can they also we can order? We can bring the other brains in our relationship right. in the communication or in the, in the style because otherwise it's a mismatch. And it can work, but it will take a lot of frustration, a lot of unhappiness. Eh? If you ask about relationships for people who are even sixty years together, they always say it's a lot of hard work. And it's not easy. It is. And it makes it a little bit easier if you know what's happening and what's the programming of yourself and from the other. Mm-hmm. If you talk, if you communicate. So when I when I when I talk to people, I say the most easy thing is to go, hey, what's my brain? What's the brain of the other one? What's dominance? Yeah. And then secondly, okay, knowing that, what are the communication styles of say our preferences? So we know what's happening and what are also their needs. And when somebody comes tired home from I know let's all and a hard day work. Mm-hmm. Then his or her gut brain is active because the gut brain says, I'm tired, I like doing that. Now, if you then stay the whole day home because whatever you were day free or whatever you like, and you say, Hey, I didn't talk to anybody, hey, let's have a bit of talk. Yeah. Heart brain needs. Then the gut brain says, I like to do a nap. The heart brain says, I like to talk. And then you know you have within five minutes you have a conflict. Then you know, okay, from that, my partner now has a gut brain need, needs to do a nap. Okay, you know, take 15 minutes, 30 minutes just to Get your energy back. And then we come back. Then it's okay. The gut brain on hand who comes home totally uh, turned off and say, okay, my partner likes to talk. So, you know, could do. No. Just ventilate for five or ten minutes. And if you don't mind, then I just go I take a little nap or just fall down on the couch. And some might find that compromise. Right. But it's knowing what are my needs from the other. And it sounds so easy, but if you know where your brain dominances are, it becomes much easier because you can see the patterns extremely easy. Right. No, that totally makes sense. Compromise. Mm-hmm. So I guess tell us a little bit more about the three brains coach certification training that you provide and how it empowers others to create lasting impacts in their clients' lives. What I say now, it sounds all easy sometimes. Eh? <laughs> and it is easy, I would say, but that's not fair because I'm only seven, eight years really in this. So... After, after eight years doing something, saying it's easy, that's not fair because I spent probably 10,000 hours on this. <laughs> uh, in training, what they, what they teach people, leaders, but mostly coaches, is okay, to really come where which brain is talking. So you have a client who comes and have A, B, C, D, then to make an analysis which brain of the client is actually talking when he or she talks about the topic. Which brain is now in favor? Which brain is silent? Which brain is actually protecting the old system? Mm-hmm. From there, Okay, how can you then bring all the three brains into the discussion and find a common solution? So in the coaching, I learn people, okay, what do you do if a brain is blocked? And when I, when I mean a brain is blocked, that say, now uh, you fell once out of an, uh, or, or, or skydiving. Uh, when I say, then let's, let's not use us. Say you have a uh, sexual abuse, like we had that lady there. Then you can imagine that her trust system Somewhere is somewhere heavily violated. So her heart is not totally open in trusting people anymore because she should trust her uncle. Now, your uncle did some horrible stuff. So, so then she has a brain block in her heart to really open up. 
So what we have to do then in the coaching with the learn people, well, how can you actually bring that trauma outside your heart? And so we learn actually how you coach somebody without becoming a therapist, without saying, okay, can you tell me what happened everywhere? Let's line the couch down for the next five years. In really, in a couple of sessions, how you can make a massive change to get the trauma out of the system. The same about limiting beliefs. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Um, I, can net, I cannot earn enough money. Uh, people should be honest. I should uh, never cry. And all those, you know, uh, beautiful things we have. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most of them, we learn them as a coping mechanism based that we state, say, what we in our in our family system. So I also do coaching training. I, I learn the coaches. How do you actually change that limiting belief? And if you think about, again, the three brains, it's, again, extremely easy because we learned it somewhere as a coping mechanism because it made daddy, mommy, whomever happy. And the moment we learn the heart of the gut, hey, by the way, you're not five, six, seven, eight, or 10 years anymore, then poof, it falls away. Because, you know, why it's so easy and so beautiful and don't have a therapist in that part, you know, it's the only part in your body that knows tomorrow and yesterday. That's the beautiful part in between your ears. Hmm. Only your head knows tomorrow and yesterday. Your heart and your gut like are like the average cat or dog. They only live in the present. That's why they're always happy. That part. <laughs> but it also means that what happened 30 years ago is for the head or for the heart or the gut still now. That's why post-traumatic stress syndrome also stays in the body. But the moment also then say the heart of God, no, oh, it is actually not now anymore, but 30 years ago, it just disappears, poof, in one second. It's just amazing. And why it's so important to know, do you know when we as human beings on average learn actually tomorrow and yesterday, at what age we learn that? No. Six or seven. Before the age six or seven, our head does not know yesterday or tomorrow. I ask an average uh, a gr a girl or a boy of four years old, hey, shall we next week go to the, uh, the, to the cinema? They already put on their shoes, say, let's go now. Yeah. Or say, you know, tonight we have a beautiful dessert. And before you know, your little one is already coming out with a plate and yeah, we should, we eat dessert. No, no, tonight. And 10 minutes later, come, is it already tonight? Yeah. No, tonight's been stuck. <laughs> That's true. And the first... The first light goes down, ah, it's dark. No, no, dark is actually in two hours. And they're really totally confused. Mm -hmm. So all the things that happens before the age of seven is learned as is now without the time concept. That's why what we learn in the first seven years is so extremely strong embedded in us. Because mm -hmm. there's no cause and effect or rationalization about it. No. That's what I teach in the three brain coach training. Mm -hmm. And how to let that coaches, leaders, or just everybody who likes to learn something more. Right. I no, it's amazing because it is true. I mean, like everything you're saying makes total sense now, which we just normally don't know this. You know, we just go with the flow and that's just how life is. And you don't realize how it is. Like, it is true. Like I see even with my grandkids, everything with them is five minutes, five minutes, five minutes to them could be six hours, but it's, they don't know. It's just five minutes. Yeah. And like you say, you know, going to the zoo, you know, Next, you know, when school starts and every day it's, you know, this is in the beginning of the summer, kind of like, are we going? Are we going? It's like, you know, they, they don't get it. And um, well, even as like adults, like you say, it's, um, it is true. Like, I never really thought about that, how you, 
everything is etched because it all goes like even with a heartbreak you could be with somebody and have a heartbreak but it's not that your heart knows that that happened it's the brain is what's triggering it so if you don't know how to piece it all together that's where you suffer you know decades of this yeah uh, Zane, and, and, and that's saying uh, to, to make it extremely say binary zero, one and zero mm-hmm. where a lot of say psychology and psychotherapy uh, and also uh, um, say in my words uh, s-u-c-k-s <laughs> because they only use the logical brain right. and so then we know that 10 years ago uh, your partner ran away from you for wish your best friend and you found him in your bed right. and then she wrote you an email that he was actually better than you and you, st- and you know it all and yeah, it yeah. Kind of yeah. But, it but the pain doesn't go away although you talk 20 times to your psycho- psychologist about it and right. you know all the, all the details are there and because your heart still feels betrayal Right. And as long as your heart doesn't let it go, it doesn't happen. No. And and that's the whole now I'm saying trick behind it. Sometimes what's happening, and that makes it so beautiful. The moment you understand how it works, yeah. I always say that's why I say it's so simple, because I sometimes I feel like a fraud. Because then somebody comes to me, it's almost like tick, 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 done. Right. It's like, how did you do that? I say, Yeah, now actually I came aware it was like this, and I thought if that's not there anymore, it's done. I said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already Work with this for four years. I have already four years this issue. I've already 10 times to psychiatrist. Why does not everybody do it like you? And I have yeah. some like, am I a fraud? Is yeah. the guy just saying to me that he's happy now because he paid me? Is he lying to me? Sometimes I really have some like, right. is it really happening? But then after one month, two months, I connect with them and say, no, no, I still feel amazing, Chris. No, yeah, but it is true. I, I knew somebody who went to her and her husband were having issues. They went to a psychiatrist for about 15 years. And I kept saying, that you start, they wound up getting divorced. But it was kind of like 15 years and you haven't. But it is true. If you don't know, like you can have an issue and that will affect your next relationship and the relationship until you can fix the problem that you might not even know you, that that's the problem. So if you have somebody helping to dissect it, find it and fix it, they could just save years and years and years of grief. So that's awesome. It, 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 it's an analogy. Sometimes I say, you know, uh, the, the psychother- psychotherapy made every issue we have mental because we talk about neuroscience and everything's in the head. But if you would have a broken bone, would you go to a psychologist? Say you break your leg. Hey, you, right. you skydive, land a little bit uh, odd, you break, your, uh, you break your, your, your ankle. Would you go to a psychologist? Oh. <laughs> I hope not, by the no. way. <laughs> And you would go to say, I don't know, and the, the ER and say, okay, put, right. somewhere, put something around, put it in whatever brace or right. straight again, whatever they have to do. If your heart or gut are broken, then you go to someone who can say, fix it. And that's something right. else because you need your heart or gut fixed. It doesn't mean you need your head fixed. The issue is right. not the head. So that's why sometimes it goes so quickly. And if people say, why can it go so quickly? I said, because you can learn in one second. Right. If you never forget your whole life. And I say, that's not true. I said, you know, put your hand there and take a hammer. I, I, I crash all your bones. And I can tell you that happens in half a second and you will never forget it. <laughs> trauma, you can learn trauma in half a second. Like your body right. learns in maybe 10 seconds. Oh, shit. A lot of wind means, right. oh, I'm going down, down, down. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how long your fell, uh, your fell was, but I cannot think it's more than 10, 10 seconds. Otherwise, you would not be sitting here, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> So your your body learns extremely quick, but can also in that part almost release it extremely quick and it's not true anymore. Right. If you push the right button in, if the person pushes the right button. Right. Oh, good. 
Now tell me, as you shape the minds of future leaders as a visiting professor, professor at IE Business School, what lessons or values do you emphasize to create a heart and brain based society? Uh, the, 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 the funny part is that we shared it earlier uh, when I talk to leaders is from does it make sense? I first say, no, it's a just imagine you have three wisdom centers. Right. Uh, uh, that's strange. I said, okay, there's some signs. So we see some signs. People say, oh, yeah, that, that's okay, that's probably true. But they uh, start accepting. Then do some exercise to come aware, hey, by, oh, wow, actually, I just follow sometimes my feeling, although it's not logical. Eh? What I let them do is to stand next to somebody on one side. With their eyes closed, eh? then, then uh, I let their eyes open and let them move to the other side. Eyes closed again. I said, what feels better? And everybody has preference. Okay. I said, okay, so with your eyes closed, you have a preference to stand right or left from the person. Where's the freaking logic? Where's your P&L analysis? Where's your Excel sheet? Where's your pros and cons? Right. Mm -hmm. It's a feeling. Okay, who's in charge of the feeling? Now, then we get somewhere. Okay, so that's true. So we have, so the moment they come aware that it's true, that's okay, so you have now three wisdom centers. These are the three things they do. And then people come aware, hey, if we use three, we have more success. And then we do some, say, sometimes group exercises. And the amazing thing is, and that makes sense, everybody loves sport, the right. team that works the best together as a team most of the times win. It's not the three most intelligent persons who you put together win. You can have, say, the lesser intelligence, but they work extremely well together that win right. and outperform the three uh, um, IQ 180 Sheldons from the Big Bang. Right. <laughs> so just work together. Yeah. And then, come, and then you come, why do they work together? Because they use the three brains. They use the heart brain to connect, the gut brain to make the, the, the assignment uh, perfect, and the head brain to put logic in it. Bam, and they win. While the other three extremely smart persons have their own ego say, no, no, Patricia, you're wrong. I have an IQ of 180. I can tell you this. We should do it like this. By the way, I started also by bioeconomics, ecocentrics, uh, statistical anal analysis on the financial systems. So trust me. Now, if you can repeat my sentence, then you are smart. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I, but then, but then they have so much discussion about what is right and wrong right. that they lose some of the assignment. So the moment they come aware, oh shit, it's not about who's to, to bring the smartest people and actually to create the best team. They start to remember, how do I create the best team? Just now, actually, to connect all those dots. Because see what's happening with these people. Why did you work together? Now, we listen to each other. And then all the, we listen to each other. We appreciate comments. We, we, we see feedback, not as a personal attack, but something that hate to make us better. And it's actually opening your heart and those kind of stuff. And then these are like, okay. And most of them, the funny part is say, you know, Chris, you know what's, what's actually strange? I said, no, I don't know what's strange. Surprise me, please. My partner actually thinks I'm a better person now after uh, following your, your, your training. Right. And that's most times the first thing that I get, that their partners see why they change, because they become more, more open, more listening, more connecting, mm -hmm. more empathic. Because that's actually what, what we learn in that part. And they come aware actually that the relationship is better, that they have less fights, and I think, hey, bye. And by the way, Chris, if I work now in team with my son, my, with my students, we also do much better. <laughs> So I just let them experience it, that it helps. Because if they experience it, you don't forget. Right. Actually, that uh, 
it brings me to my next one. So how have you positively impacted the lives of over 10,000 people and what inspires you to continue making a difference? And I, I'd say that the last 10,000, I did it in the last say, 20, 30 years. So I'll say in the beginning, it was a little bit, I would say, less than now. And as well as that was the learning journey. So in that part, I influenced them on this part. It was the initial intention to make this world a better place and to make better leaders. Was already when I started my coaching and training career. So my, my big objective is that's why I wrote the book as being dyslectic. I'm dyslectic, so really uh, uh, let me spell a word and you will have fun. <laughs> Put me in the comments of the travel and you see somebody cry. That's me. <laughs> but I really don't see I don't see the words. Right, okay. I wrote the book and I really went through that whole journey of writing a book with one ambition to bring this out to the world. Because we can make our own life, our partner's life, our kids' lives. In a bigger society, life much better. Okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be freaking amazing? Your grandma, I just became a granddad, I came aware. Uh, I know that I became a granddad. Eh? That our little grandkids would live in a world that's better than our world now. Would that not be amazing? Mm-hmm. Eh? Less hate, less violence, less bullying. Just imagine that your, that your grandkids mm-hmm. would know for sure they would not be bullied at school if they would not wear pink, yellow, uh, gray. Or, I don't know, they would uh, shave their head uh, bald. Right. And it would just not be just whatever. They'd just be accepted. Wouldn't that be freaking amazing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that, that's my passion for the future. That's why I wrote a book. That's why I do the brain, my training. Because I think the moment I influence them and they start learning about this, and we create a three brain, I said, also a hard brain world actually uses three brains, then this world becomes much more than like that. And then your grandkids, my granddaughter, live in a world and they could say, hey, Grandma Patricia, you know, all the things you did actually contributed to a better world. Wouldn't that not be freaking amazing? Yeah, sure. And you feel like you achieved your purpose in life, you know? Okay, and, and that's uh, my purpose for the future. That's why I reached out to you and hey, I'd like to be your podcast. Besides that, I read about you. Oh, no, happy, happy person that's nice to talk to. So I'll be there because she has an audience I probably don't reach. And if one or two or three or five people or maybe... All of them say, oh, wow, right. office. okay, let's spend uh, $10 on that book and read what that crazy guy wrote. Oh, by the way, it helps. And you start <laughs> it, then all those people who listen to you will create a little light of beacon in their own lives for their partner, for their kids, for the grandkids, maybe for the school, maybe for the work. Right. And so many all these little spots happening that we create something to be more beautiful. No, I mean, that's actually perfect. Yeah. So that's my, fu- my future dream. Is it where I come from or where I like to go to? <laughs> no, it is true because I always say, you know, everybody, um, you know, I only know so many people, you know, I mean, I, I know people, you know people, and that's how the whole world connects. And it's yeah. like spreading the word. And it is true, especially if it's something like this that I feel is really important. And, you know, I always tell people, when people say, I don't know, is my story good enough? I said, everybody's story needs a voice, but let me hear what your story's about yeah. and see if it's something that, you know, because some people came with some really wacky stuff. But, you know, this, <laughs> I think, is really important, especially in a world where everybody's changing, everybody wants to fit in. But you are right that we're all raised and brought up with one type of thing. Everybody has their own version of what they were taught in their home. No two people were raised the same. And, you know, it is a shame because I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've seen it with myself. You know, even with me, I'm one of three, you know, I have two sisters, I'm one of three, and we were all raised in the same home, but we're each different based on, you know, who was the favorite, who was told this, who was told that, who was trying to get 
brownie points with paint, whatever. And, you know, it's funny when you look at us because we're like, we were all bought, bought up in the same house, but what we took from it is how we were, I guess, raised, you know, because nobody treats their kids, even though you say you treat them all equal, they're always a little bit different. And whatever experiences we went through in life, you know, it just depends on, you know, how you've taken it on and on and on it because it doesn't go away. And I think it's true. You can go to a psychologist half the time with the medical world. I think they're just, like I said, someone I knew 15 years in therapy and accomplished nothing. They were just looking at it as a payday. But, you know, it's unfortunate because you wasted 15 years of their life. They could have totally resolved your issues and been a happy, lovable couple afterwards if they had the right person. And, yeah. and from all that money they spent in the psychiatrist, probably could have bought a second house or a beautiful holiday sure. or whatever they did when put their kids to, to, to university or whatever. For sure. And it's even, you know, let's just say I know like a couple who, you know, they're in a, an abusive relationship. Well, no one's telling you to say an abuser, but what's causing that? Who's the abuser? What's causing that? You know, like there are ways to resolve this. And unless they're with the person who really understands and knows how to put them on the right track, you know, it's unfortunate. And I think everything you're saying makes total sense. And that's something that a lot of people don't know about. Like I never heard of the three brands and I, what you're saying makes total sense. So. Uh, yeah, I still remember when I was say still in the early days of now bringing out my book, talking about book, I still remember I went to say a family member, in, in, and I talked about it and, and he is really a rational guy, an engineer, smart ass. And in one moment, he listens to my whole story. During, during, during the he said, Chris, I know, I know for sure what you say is not true. And I sit there with my fork almost in my mouth. And, okay, <laughs> How do you mean? He says, if this was true, I would have read about it. And that was his truth. He said, because if it's already out there for 30 years, why is it not in the news? I said, I said that's really easy. I said, um, just imagine you have three brains. And it would be true. Eh? And it is true, by the way, scientifically. But, yeah. <laughs> but what, would, what would it mean for the psychiatrist, for psychologists? What would it mean for how they practice with people? Looks me that probably I would all have to change their model. I said, yes. And do you think one billion, one million psychiatrists, psychologists are really willing to change the system now? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I said, um, think about the medical world. If that's true, eh? then all the medication that may be prescribed, maybe it could also be a little bit different. And maybe some medication is not needed anymore, like we see now actually with all the gut immunity. Eh? Sometimes change, changing your gut bacteria does already a lot of things for Parkinson as an example. So do you think they're really happy with those stories? Uh, no, I said no. If you now say twice no, how do you think then why well, it's hard to get this story out? Said, yeah, it makes sense. That, 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 it will cost a lot of people a lot of money. And that's actually why it also stays there somewhere. Right. And, and it's all, it, it is a little crazy. Like I have my own pet peeves with the whole uh, medical world. And because it's no longer like doctors and hospitals and pharmacies are your best interest at heart. Like I've had actual medicine that worked 100% for me taken off the shelf because the pharmaceutical companies aren't making enough money. Nothing wrong with the drug. So that what they want to give you is 10 times more expensive and doesn't work, you know. So it's, it, the, you know, and I always make a joke about, well, if Google says it, it can't be, it has to be true. It's just a joke. Yeah. Half the stuff you read, it doesn't mean it's, you know, and working in the PR marketing world, you, you, you know, you know, the whole, the whole way it works. You hide the bad news, you promote what you want to, you know, it's, 
So you can't base it on if I haven't read it because it's no, it's almost like politics. It's no longer what's best for you. It's what's best for everybody else. So, because it's not read because it doesn't accommodate the pockets of everybody else. Doesn't mean it's not true. <laughs> there's, there's a Dr. Mosley, and I always forgot his first name. And uh, he's really a doctor. Eh? He's a doctor, doctor, not like me. And he's a doctor, doctor. So he went to the whole medical school. And on one moment, he, he, he also got diabetes too, diagnosed. And uh, he just lost 30 kilos. Now, not just, but he lost 30 kilos. Boom, diabetes too was gone. Okay. He researched more than a lot of things. wrote a book. I know the 600 calorie diet or 800 calorie diet. Oh, okay. And based on all the research, every diabetes two person is overweight. If they would lose their weight, probably 75% would not be diabetes two anymore. Okay. What is now, if you go to the doctor, the cure if you have diabetes two, is just what you say. On the shelf, we have product XIZ, that costs you $1,000 a month, but will keep you away from all the symptoms of diabetes two. Will it solve my diabetes too? No, no, but you will not have the symptoms anymore. Right. Oh, wow. Only $1,000 a month? Yeah, only $1,000 a month. The doctor is not allowed to say, by the way, dear client, you're 120 kilos. You know, if you will become 90 kilos, your diabetes too will be gone. So the first thing to do is actually send you to a nutritionist or to somebody, or to a psychologist or to actually to Christopher Snyder who helps you just solve your shit out or whatever. Yeah. But that does not earn the pharmaceutical those $1,200 a year. Right. So, yeah, we got stuck in that one. <laughs> yeah, it's um, definitely not not good. I mean, I, um, you know, same, again, not to bring up the stuff about me, but I used to suffer for terrible, terrible migraines. And this went on for decades. And, you know, I was on every pill under the sun to the point I was taking injections for them because they were terrible. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, and they my, were bad. My dad, my dad also had migraines. I know from the outside how people suffer from it. Oh, really. it's horrible. I, you, don't, I was, you don't wish that to, to, to your worst enemy almost. Uh, maybe I, certainly I, a list, but yeah. not a lot. But I was getting them four to five times a week. I mean, they were terrible. Oh. The crazy part was I no one ever diagnosed why I'm getting them. It was just here's pills, here's pills, here's this, yeah. here's that. And it turns out that I used to take a bunch of vitamins, just, you know, you, yeah. you read, of course, because yeah. the internet can't be false. You read that after a certain age, you need to take this vitamin, that. So I was taking a ton of vitamins, nothing bad, but obviously it was my body's reaction to, you don't need this. So when I was in the accident and I was in the hospital, I had no idea, you know, again, I was out, but um, I wasn't taking my vitamins. And I remember my husband saying, it's almost like you went through a detox. He's like, you were, you, they had to put ice blankets on me. I was like burning, but I had no fever. They didn't know what was going on, but I never had, um, I wasn't taking my vitamins. Do you know, I never had a migraine since. And I'm like, here I was for like 30 years suffering with this all for something so simple, but the doctors don't care. It's how much money can they make? How much money can the pharmaceuticals take? So getting someone who, even if you're not an actual PhD, who understands this and can help people. I mean, you've helped over 10,000 people. I mean, that's amazing. And getting people to understand that there is a solution. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to, you know, live a life of misery. You know, let us just figure out how to make you better. It's amazing. Yeah. Of course, vitamins are good, but too much, too much yeah. Yeah. is not good. Eh? A little sip of red wine is good. <laughs> Drinking a bottle a day is not yeah. good for your liver. Yeah. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, I eat healthy. So, you know, you need some, you know, like the doctor I have now, 
she's pretty much, you don't need all this. You need one and two. That's it. And I'm like, don't I need that? No. You need some additions, but you don't fight because... You don't, yeah, I'm a pescatarian, although I live in Spain, it's rather hard yeah. to be really vegetarian because it's impossible. Right. If you ask here, can you have vegetarian? They say, uh, pollo. I said, no, chicken. I still remember, that's not meat. That's not meat. I said, no, say that to the chicken. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same now, I eat chicken and turkey, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, they can tell from the blood work too what you need, what you don't. But most doctors are just like, Oh, you know, you need this, you need that, osteosporosis, blah, blah, blah. But you can tell, do I, how are my bones? Do I need that? You know I mean? But again, you know, what do I know? It's all right. And, and, and migraine is actually uh, just like an autoimmune disease, always coming from something else. Because genetically, only from all the diseases, I think genetically, we only have 1.5% or a half percent where all the diseases are genetically. Yeah. Most of them are our uh, environment or actually our social system, our three brains are not aligned to this current world. Right. Every cell in your body likes to be healthy. But why do all the animals, or almost all animals, have our diseases? Mm-hmm. Because they don't have all, this, all the craziness. They, they don't have phones yeah. and... Yeah. And WhatsApp and Messenger and Meta and X, <laughs> former known as. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have totally different kind of things. So that the same, their food is still saying much more natural than we have our food right. now. And now it's just. So by changing it, it is, I would say, rather quote, quote, easier. My, my dad's migraines came actually from that he was uh, sacked from his body, that everybody got sacked from his job and he felt, say, useless in his life mm-hmm. when he was 55. You got really unhappiness from that. The moment he changed that, my parents never came back anymore. Mm. And he also had them for 10, 15 years. And I think, oh, wow, 10, 15 years, unhappy job, my parents, you got sacked, and within a year, you don't have them anymore. Wow, that's interesting. Right. And so yeah. our body knows because everything your body likes to be healthy. We're not born to be sick. Right. The only thing is we have a misbalance, just like you and uh, a lot of people have. And it creates it. And you found, luckily, I'm so happy for you, you found somewhere your misbalance. You were doing actually too much. <laughs> yeah, too much of it. <laughs> no, and it makes sense. Yeah. The same, uh, I, I remember uh, 20 years ago, also I took a super vitamin, uh, a really amazing and the best top of the shelf. And I got little pimples and I got some other things. Uh, and I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> I stopped those amazing pills. Because right. they were actually bringing too much inside my body, but was right. in that moment not needed. Right. Yeah, so I, I know your story, for me it was on pimples, now you're looking a bit crazy. <laughs> and you're, so you're in your 30s, you have pimples. Okay, Chris, are you in your late puberty? Yeah, something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go with the flow. <laughs> go with the flow. You know I'm a bit slow. This shows it. <laughs> it's the stress of the job, yeah. <laughs> it's the same, eh? yeah. You know, stress can do so much, much harm to us. Yeah. Because stress is an amazing thing. It's a fight or flight response. It's the only thing we don't learn how to shake it off anymore. Right. And if you have too much stress, yeah, your system goes into fight or flight response and sooner or later you get a chronic disease. Period. So you have an amazing story. But tell us how people could get a hold of you. 
Uh, now to call you now, kids. Eggs. They call me. Sure, it's all good. Yeah, I'm really bored today. Sorry, I'm putting your cell number on here. Keep it up. My cell number on your. I would say I use my horrible name, Christopher Snyder. Type it in somewhere, and Google finds me. Three Brains Intelligence. You will also find my website, and you find me. Uh, you will find them probably also the book from Amazon and those kind of things. Also, people, of course, you can follow my course. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, you have the, the cheapest solution that was something for probably two coffees in New York, and probably if you're in Manhattan, only one coffee, ten dollars. <laughs> you have a Kindle book, right. and you can read so much in it that you'll find many solutions for your life. Not all of them, but you'll find so much insight to make your life a little bit better. Right. And I think that's the most interesting thing. And of course, I always love if people send me an email or text or WhatsApp if they got my phone number <laughs> or hold of me. <laughs> my passion is to bring this out because we can make this world a better place. And if you don't do it for yourself, do it for your kids, your grandkids, because they deserve it. Right. Thank you. I mean, I'm going to put your contact info, but just one last thing. You help people around the world, right? You don't. They don't have to physically be by you, right? No, 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 no. Because in this Zoom world, eh, you're in New yeah. York. I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in Madrid. Yeah. In the Zoom world, I, never, I lived in Australia. I had this morning, uh, this morning, somebody on the phone from Australia. Okay. You can find me. And now, what's the beauty of WhatsApp? Right. And, 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 and all this kind of stuff. You can be everywhere and people can just always connect with you wherever mm -hmm. you are, if you're an Eskimo. Perfect. So everybody around the world, contact him. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank you again for being on the show. Again, that was Chris. Again, that was Christopher Snyder's. So, thank you for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show here. So, thank you so much. Thank you, Patricia. It was really a delight to be here, have our fun, have our jokes, and just yes. went through the whole system like we did. Yes, absolutely. And, and by the way, all your listeners, Patricia, have a beautiful day, have a beautiful life, thank and keep you. listening to her because she brings beautiful things to the world. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>